yo Que tú tires jala y que bien todo compones Mentiras tuyas, solo mentiras Porque en el barrio hay mucha alegría And good morning, everyone. I'm Jose Candelario here. We're keeping it 100 with Jose Candelario on New Haven Independent Radio 103.5 FM, WNHH, New Haven Independent.org, and all platforms streaming the podcast. And today I have with me uh, yet again, because the conversation continues, it doesn't stop because there's only one time, Mr. Roddy Williams. Thank you, Roddy, for taking the time to come out today. Appreciate the opportunity to be here. And and like always, we like talking about our favorite subject, which is our community. <laughs> and uh, right. uh, we talk about education. We talk about uh, various topics offline. But uh, we, we're some things that we need to be discussing here online. And that's why we come out to the radio and bless you guys. What's on your mind, Ronnie? Right off the rip, what's on your mind? <sighs> um, I think what's on my mind right now is just um, honestly, it's still the youth. Um, they are our future. I think um, the focus really need to be heavily on um, how we save um, some of the kids that's out there and how we create a future for them. But mm-hmm. part of creating a future is um, getting them to understand that um, they somewhat control their future too. Like yeah. We could give them good advice, um, but they need to believe in themselves. Yeah, and believe in the fact that what we're telling them, um, they need to listen. Mm-hmm. And, and and the one thing that, you know, multiple things we're going to talk about, I'm going to talk about the crime that's going on in the city, the gun violence. Um, there's a lot of shooting going on, and a lot of youth are, are shooting each other. Um, I think that one of the things when you look at um, the crime, um, I think they need the, um, the, the governor. I don't know if, if it's possible for him to do um, some um, executive-type um law mm-hmm. where we could change the bonds um, because if you look at the fact that you get pulled over with a gun um, you could bond right out and go get another gun I think that they should put the bonds higher um, or put no bonds well wow, that's that we, we were talking earlier about having solutions solutions yeah. to problems yeah. and and I think you know because there's the other the other one was was um, uh, stop stopping frisk re, yeah. re reinstituting that temporarily but you're saying policy wise is more important to uh have an executive order is i think that's the term that we're looking yeah. for right executive yeah. order from the governor to increase bonds i mean and and especially when it comes to possession yeah just possession of the firearms it should cost you a lot more and, and penalty wise so that you won't repeat the offense same similar thing when they did the atvs right the atvs when that, that fine went up yeah the fine went up the fine went up. What they, happened to those ATVs? They stopped them. They they talked about the gas stations can't sell gas. Um, I I just think that um, some things that need to happen in our community. Um, I don't think that black people alone are capable of making change. I think that um, when you look what happened to George Floyd, um, it was a combination of black people and white people, um, coming together mm-hmm. saying that this is wrong that we need to change. Now although um, it's not the white kids that are being killed in the communities is us. I still feel like we need um, white people to help us um, save our kids. Um, mm. We need them to help us um, create change um, to help save them. And there will be some parents that feel like, oh, 
you know, why you put a high bond, blah, 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 blah. But then there's some parents that lost their kids. Mm -hmm. That's going to say that if the bonds were there before, will my son be alive? So, um, so that's some, the choice we have to make. We yeah. have, that's the choice we ultimately have to make as a community. Is it going to? Do we put our our children first now, or do we wait till later and then complain that we need to do something about something? Yeah. Well, I, I feel like right now, you know, let's stop complaining um, and let's do something. Yeah. And and that policy, and you're always a, a big policy individual. You're always talking about policy. And you're always talking about making moves that way. And and I think that when people are out there need to understand when it comes to politics and when you're voting for someone, you're not just voting for someone because they, they might make a promise, a campaign promise, might give you a job or get some money in your pocket. But more importantly, are the people that you're electing have the ability to change policy, to do something that we're requesting right now, which, you know, that you're suggesting, which is bringing up the bonds for people that are you know, under, you know, get pulled over for possession. Well, the other thing is when, when you talk about um, a lot of crime going on in our community, a lot of drug, uh, gun violence, a lot of shooting, um, and nobody's not really saying nothing, um, but they're complaining about um, the violence. Um, mm-hmm. one, re- one way for them to stop the violence is, is to target um, the groups of people that they know are committing the violence. Mm-hmm. And... Um, pull them over. Mm. Um, but a lot of people feel like um, their rights are being violated. Yeah, um, they're, they're, that's, the, that's the whole thing. You, it's a fine so, line between so stop and frisk. So we, we got to understand, like, are we trying to tell the cops to do something that's impossible? Like, how do you prevent this from happening without having a way to catch them with the guns? So I say to this community, like, I mean, and what you're saying some, is not a some, popular. It's not popular what you're trying to say. No, which it is, ain't popular. But to me, um, the, the parents that lost their kids, um, and and the parents that kids gonna get shot in the future because if this don't change, um, the list just gonna get bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, they appreciate what I'm saying. Um, mm. Maybe the the kid parent that um, kid they get jammed up. Um, maybe they don't appreciate. And and you know through our conversations that I've had with with many individuals of our community, especially the ones that came up through Newhallville and the Hill, um, sometimes getting jammed up is not necessarily a bad thing. It might be that point in which turns somebody's life around. So they might you know they might get caught with that gun, but maybe that keeps them from shooting someone, doing really major time, and, and there's a good enough scare that they make a decision that's a little bit different the next time. Well, there's a difference in having a seat. sure that um some of the parents that lost their kid understand that there's a big difference and mm-hmm. you being killed and you going to jail mm. and i'm sure there's nobody that i know that, that lost a kid that was out in the street involved in violence who 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 if they had an opportunity um for their kid to go to jail instead of getting killed um would say you know let him get killed mm. and that's Keeping it 100. Mm. Mm. Uh, for those who are listening right now, this is Keeping It 100 World Day Canelaro. I'm here, sitting here with Rodney Williams. New Haven Independent 103.5 FM is what you're listening to, WNHH, and we're having this conversation about solutions in our community um, with the recent rash of violence that we've had and uh, how to curtail that. And some of the suggestions Rodney is putting forward may not be popular with some people, but 
is necessary and uh it is true it's, it's better i do feel like uh a life a life is very very well worth it you're listening to keeping it 100 with jose candelari here on 103.5 fm wnhh newhavenindependent.org we are chatting it up with Mr. Rodney Williams on some real serious topics. We're covering some solutions on the violence here that's been happening in New Haven, especially involving the youth, saving the youth. Great point there with the bond issue. Great point now with maybe we do need to cast that net out and try to start taking some of these guns off of the streets. Um, very, very impactful. Um, What's next? What's the, what, what, what? Well, let me let me tell you why it's important. Um, go if you if you go back over the last couple of weeks, there's been a lot of shooting going on on Wall mm-hmm. Street. Mm-hmm. Um, if you follow what's going on over the amount of bullets that was actually shot out there, over 28 bullets, and the fact that you got um, women um, and kids out there, um, white mm-hmm. people just riding by, hanging out over the window shooting. Um, I don't know any resident um, that would be against um, the cops ramping up to get um guns off off our streets especially when people riding by and shooting at innocent people um so um are there going to be people that's going to complain um yes and the truth is um we always going to have people that's going to complain and 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 to be honest with you uh, a lot of the people that will complain um it might be because their kids might be involved in some of the activities mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. actually happen in this city and um Right now, it's time to, you know, talk about solutions. Um, and the solution is is that. Um, bonds, higher bonds. Higher bonds. Higher bonds on and, people and, that and get, the get put over. Need to, the cops already got a list. They need to get a board going up. They know who's who. And, you know what I mean, they need to just get a task force put together and identify um, so-called shooters in the city of New Haven. And um, they just need to have cops just follow when when they do uh, mm-hmm. right on red, they do whatever, you know what I mean, no no blinker, um, you pull them over. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, hopefully we can get some of these guns off the street. Mm-hmm. So but the minor infractions you think will lead to, you know, if you pull them over for that blinky, the, the tail light out, you, you think that in certain specific neighborhoods that will lead to at least, you know, some, some you know, unreported guns can be found it, like that? It, it'll lead to that, but it, what, what, I'm, what I'm trying to get everything to lead to is, um, that the youth stop carrying these guns like they're carrying them, and 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 these random shootings um, bringing it down. And I would tell you it should be a pilot program, because um, the truth is this: when you talk about a solution that you feel might work, um, let's 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 try it. And if mm-hmm. it don't work, then then prove me wrong. But it will work. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. That, that's the thing. It uh, work. Growing up, growing up, it was a big inconvenience for me because I used to drive a Honda Civic and with tinted windows, and it was loud. And I would get pulled over periodically. I would say, e- even into my 30s, I was pulled, you know, getting pulled over in New Haven once or twice. That died out after a while, I guess, because of the national movement against the the, the procedures being a little uh, being uh, pushed down. But now, I, I now as an adult, I kind of see why. They were pulling me over consistently because I did fit the description, uh, you know, and who would have known what I was carrying in my car at the time? I mean, I, I could see that now differently than back then. Well, I think two things also need to happen. Um, there, there were um, officers that was working for departments and stuff that I feel um, they, um, they, I'm not going to say they were racist, um, but they did have something 
uh, against um, some black. They were discriminating. Black. There was, was a certain it, level of discrimination yes, of, yes, amongst the police officers. Yes. It was that. And I think the community uh, need to look at um, if you want to control how we are policed, because we always going to need a police department until the crime and some of these things in our community actually stop happening, then we could talk about um, less police and less cops. Mm -hmm. um, but right now, the focus should be on identifying um, kids in our community that, that are capable of being on the police department, um, because then you're talking about um, the community being policed by the community. Um, by the community. Mm -hmm. and, and when you pull me over, um, how you treat me, um, you're right. Um, some officers pull you over and they treat you disrespectfully. Yes. Um, but we're, we're in a bad spot because people in our community are doing things that a lot of the community want to stop. How and officers, we, we got some of them are disrespectful. Th but we true. need to use them to stop what's happening. So, so you are correct because it is one thing to, for you to do, you know, to stop and frisk, but in a very polite, respectful manner. Right. And that's what the chief always talks about is relationship, right? right? That relationship with the police and the community, that's why they need to be out there to know who it is that they're pulling over or at least try to establish a relationship once they're pulled over versus pulling them over and then just using the power over that individual. Yeah. So, so we talk in solutions. Yep. And we talk in problems. Um, majority of the, um, the shootings happen near complexes. Um, mm -hmm. And the complexes that they happen that they happen to be um, happening by um, low income, low income, low income. Mm -hmm. But these complexes are making a lot of money, and so many complexes are, are, are ran by housing authority or big time investors. I think yep. that the investors, um, for safety purposes, for their tenants, you know, what I mean, they need to upgrade their camera system um, when crimes like this and the shootings tick up like yep. this. They need to get in touch with the police and not hire regular security. They should hire off duty officers because the safety of the resident should be number one and, and, and lights lights i mean we're talking about three things that that, that, yo, that listen, are big lights, lights lighting lights camera action lights camera and action there you go because you listen with some lightning some camera any action that go down it's on it's the there it's just, and, and you got uh, you you see who is doing it you see and that's also a deterrent i mean that is, oh, yeah. i remember Arch archer street used to be dark back in the day yeah. And they made that initiative to light up that the whole Orchard Street area. That did curtail a lot of violence just by lighting it up. Yeah. But like because that did, you know people are then now they're being watched and the watched person acts differently. We do not have enough police officers in the city of New Haven to monitor all the activity that's going on in this city. And at the end of the day, we should not be blaming um, the officers of the PD um, for not catching mm -hmm. everybody is so much going on yeah i mean it's, it's, it's ridiculous two saturdays ago there was a shooting at orchard then uh, a couple hours later there was one on shelton yeah. i mean it was like it was like back to back to back and so you're telling me that they went off and when they responded to orchard street there were about 10 cop cars there but i need to tell you this like when you talk about the shootings of the cars and stuff that was going on in um new Orleans, mm -hmm. um, come to find out the cameras over there um wasn't um actually working um so wow. that's a problem too. The cameras, we, which cameras are we talking about? On the cameras that, that, that they have up, the city have up that um, police department monitor um, for activities. They was not working mm -hmm. to the point where, you know, you, you, you know, there's crimes that's going on, but mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're not 
seeing what's really going on. And I think that that's the other thing that, that need to be talked about on this, on this platform right here. Like, you know, where exactly are the cameras in, in the city? Which ones are not working? And um, why they're not working? Because the truth is, you know, I'm sure um, the cameras and, and, and some of the communities. Let me tell you, that this, um, this would not be happening if it were Times Square, if this were London, because London is in Times Square are the two most surveyed areas in the world. There's cameras everywhere in Times Square. You can't do anything in Times Square right now listen, without you can't being do watched. Nothing, you can't do nothing by Yale. You can't do nothing by Yale. You're right. Yale is so I just, heavily I just feel like, camera. you know, the city always want Yale to donate money. Um, to me, I would tell you that, you know, um, a good investment, if, if, if you know, they, they say Yale, Yale slogan is, what's good for New Haven is good for Yale. Mm-hmm. Well, they, then they, they love saying that. They love so saying that. What but I'm saying is that if that's the case, what's good for New Haven is that if Yale um, donated some money, because a lot of times they donate money, you don't know where that money going. But, you know, <laughs> if, if, if Yale donates some money and, and, and they, they control payment of, the cameras and the locations. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, that listen, that would be a great thing. Mm-hmm. Because those blue boxes are popping up in New Hallville. Yeah, their their phones a, are there. Yeah, that'd be so a great. So wh- why can't we have the cameras then? Yeah, that'd be a great thing. You know, investing, investing. Um, you know, bringing down the crime in the city of New Haven. Um, it's it's a good investment. It's good for New Haven and it's good for Yale. It's, it's good for everyone. And, and considering that Yale owns most of New Haven anyway, uh, I don't think it should be a problem to have cameras around all their facilities. Um, and because that is a major um, a crime area right there too, is a Farmington Canal yeah. that everyone's always getting jacked, phones and purses are always snatched. But there's no cameras. There's nothing there to I think, really. I think the Farmington Canal, right over the last couple of years, um, safety over there, um, the investment they put in there is, you know, if you look at the stats on crime then and crime now, um, definitely um, because of the investment, the crime is definitely down, and there's more. Um, people actually using the canal because of them purposes, because they feel safe. Um, I think that if you did the same type of investment in other communities, um, it would be the same thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because people, like I said, I, I'm a firm believer when people are being watched, they act differently. They just made the decisions are different when they know that they, certain spots. And it's not like we don't know where these hot spots are in, in New Haven. It's not like we don't know who, who's involved, where they are, where they hang out. So it's not like, you know, it's a surprise. Yeah. The, the, the other two things that, that I want to touch bases on is, and, and it impacts the youth, um, it's, it's, um, it's about jobs and it's about, um, it's about voting. And um, I think that the youth, um, I know that they always feel like um, I don't want to vote because my vote don't count. Um, I think, honestly, um, the youth in, in, our, in our country uh, basically um, would brainwash to believe that. Um, mm-hmm. If you look at the city of New Haven and the amount of youth that just now graduated from the high schools, that didn't go to college, that didn't go to the Air Force, that's actually um, trying to be part of a workforce in the city of New Haven. If you look at the amount of kids that actually um, live with their parents still, trying to figure out a, a way to have a future, if you take their numbers and you count them, um, there's something that some politicians don't want them to know. And that's that if they started voting, um, they could control um, things would be different. Who would get elected? Mm-hmm. Um, I think politicians that are older, um, there's been um, in positions for a long time, um, they're not really concerned about um, 
the youth voting. When you talk about the definition of constituent, constituent is, is basically um, somebody that um that vote for you. Yeah, yeah. So you could be a resident in 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 a, in a, a ward that somebody's elected, but don't vote. You're not necessarily that constituent. They're not really concerned about what you really thinking mm-hmm. because they know you don't vote. And they don't come out in certain elections that are really important, which are the local elections between the president. I mean, the president voting was phenomenal. I mean, it was like 50 percent ratio. But on off years, on off off years, it's down to like 10 percent, yeah. especially automatic races where those decisions locally can be made and helped out. But those individuals are not participating locally. Well, here's here's what I'm gonna tell, um, what I'm gonna say to the youth. Um, I just ask that, um, just one time, um, just listen to what I'm saying to you, just one time. And if you do what I say, and there's no change, um, you'll never have to listen to nothing. Mm-hmm. I gotta say again in life. Okay. But I will guarantee you. Mm-hmm. I will promise you this is the rodney williams challenge right Listen, now i will promise you that if you went out and started to vote and and, and it's the parents too because mm-hmm. it's about their future if you don't vote you have no future but i will guarantee you if the politicians saw that it was a wave of youth starting to come out they would have to stop they followed numbers they would have to stop. You do not mm. have a platform. You do not have a voice because you do not vote. There you go. And, and that, this goes okay. also for the immigrant community. Yeah. If there's one person in that house, especially in a house of 10, and there's one person 18 and over that can vote, that person needs to be at the booth. Yeah. The whole family, all 10 of y'all need to be pushing this one person to that booth and vote. Because in Fairhaven, we have that issue, too, where those people are are our people, my people. Our immigrant community is not listened to because supposedly they don't have a vote, but they vote through by proxy. They have that one person, so make sure that one person gets out there, give them the ride, support them, and and not only major elections, but right now we got a primary coming up. I mean, and that's what this is where the decisions are made. Listen to what what I'm saying. That even my relationship with you. I'm looking to identify even youth that I could ask you to put them up here and have them keep it 100, you too. Because my definition to keep them 100 at my age, and I might be on the same page with them on certain things, and I might not be. Only way to find out that is they need to be here and keep it 100 with you too. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to tell you that right now, that that's what I'm looking for, um, to help create a platform for the youth um, so they can have a future. But you need to vote. And I guarantee you that if they saw the fact that the youth were coming out, trust me and I tell you, the conversation that they're having now would change and you would be part of the conversation. You are not part of the conversation because you do not vote. Yep. And it's about your future. It ain't about mine. I need people to understand that some people are dissuaded out there, you know, because uh, the parents, uh, the things they've seen in the past, you know, all oh, they may, you know, my parents been voting forever, but nothing ever changed for them. Now is the time, I think more than ever, that change is totally possible. I mean, it, it, maybe it was tougher for our, our parents' generation, but right now in, in this day and age, 
the power is within the youth. They're the biggest voting, the biggest voting pool that's not out there. It's non-existent. And it's not, it's not hard to go and vote. It's not hard to get participate. There is a, a, a thing that as, a, as adults we need to do, which is inform the youth of the decisions that, that, that are out there to be made. Like, if you're not aware that this is a decision to be made, then they, you know, people don't know. Like, we, our system does not educate people on the primary. Like, how many people get involved in just primary voting? Well, I'm going to share the other thing that the youth need to look at, you know, as far as their future and as far as future leadership for them. I would tell the youth that when you're looking to identify leaders um, that, that um, you could follow, that you're capable of believing in, um, majority of them you need to make sure um, they don't have ties to um, either a city job or, or a state job. Because mm-hmm. to be honest with you, um, most people who are in high positions that are tied to um, a job that can control what they say um, could only uh, lead you to a certain level. Because mm-hmm. if your job is tied to something where they could pull you to the side and be like, hey, you know, you need to, you know, pipe it down. Um, it's about your money. Um, it, it, that's why a, a lot that's going on um, with the black community, um, you know, we're going to keep it 100, you know. No, 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 no speak it, speak keep it. 100, yep. you know, a, a lot of, a lot of uh, so-called leaders that are um, on, 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 top levels um they pick and choose um the stuff they talk about and they pick and choose um some of the fights that they're involved in and that's because their hands are tied um people could say they want to say about me um i get to the point where you know i'm not even gonna i'm, I'm gonna do what i'm gonna do and i'm gonna say it i'm gonna say but um there's there's um ain't nobody controlling um i i, I know how to go make my own money mm. and and i'm gonna be able to say what i need to say mm-hmm. in this community mm-hmm. And, and I can stand up um, when when others can't stand up. Because trust me, when you look around and you say, um, where's the help? The truth is we are the help. And the truth is that some people are put in position um, of leadership um, and then they're controlled. And, and that's a, a natural progression. I mean, the people go get involved in campaigns. They go and they get involved in the vote. And, and then they land that cushy job or... That, but a nice position, you know, either you're working for the, the Rosa DeLauro's or the Blumenthal's or even just in DSS, you know, the Department of Children and Family, you get a job within the system. And then they kind of like disappear. You are correct. Either they disappear or they, they try to maintain that leadership position, but then it's, it's controlled. It's a controlled position. Cause somebody's got the hand in their pocket, in their, in their ear. No, when they came up with the hammer, and work their way up, known for hitting you with the hammer, and then all of a sudden, they ain't got no hammer. You like where, where they at? They're disarmed. Yeah. So I would, I would, I would tell you that um, the youth, um, it's about your future. A lot of people that's in um, position right now, um, our future is now. Like, it's time for the baton to be passed. And it's time for the youth to get involved, and and it's about them. Um, some of the people that's actually still in power right now, they're old enough to be my grandmother. You know <laughs> I mean, I'm like, and and these kids' future should not be decided um, by people that old. And 
I and, want and, you to and know I, that. And I respect that. They, I respect they that. need to come out um, just one time. And, and if I'm wrong, you'll never hear me say nothing again. But one thing I do know, um, I'm right about this. Um, this is what they don't want you to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The voting is power and equals money and equals change in your community. Especially when you're looking at New Haven. Um, and New Haven is only but so big. So your influence in New Haven no, is even greater. When, when you, you need vote. to look at New Haven... When you look at all these high-end apartments that are being built in this city <laughs> and people are actually moving into these apartments and you're trying to figure out where they're coming from, um, that's mm. because there's jobs that are in this city that we don't know about, that people coming from out of town getting these jobs and moving into these high-end apartments. And at the end of the day, they're going to be residents in communities yep. that they're going to be voting. And yep. eventually, they're going to be voting determined who the alders are. Um, we have right now uh, plenty black and Hispanics on, on the board of alders right now, but in the future, that, dem that demographic is changing. It's going to change. And, and when they look at what happened to the city of New Haven, and at one time it was majority controlled by black and Hispanics, um, but when you look at you know what's really going on in our city, you know, and, and um, the gentrification that's taking you know, place. I, I got I got kids, I got grandkids, and you know, I just recently got a chance to move. But I'm I'm. St there's a reason. You know, there's a reason why you don't see low income housing being built. Low income housing that's a, for homeowners to be to purchase. There's a reason why that, that that's not in the forefront. But yet you got these huge high rises where rents are going to be for one bedroom. You know, uh, it could be a mortgage. For a low, for a low, you know, well, income how you know housing. One thing I'm gonna touch too when you're talking about this, this some of these um, properties and stuff that are being developed. You know, um, there's 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 developments going on in this city in certain communities, um, black and Hispanic communities, that um, there should be more um, black and Hispanic um, involvement. Um, it should be more um, them working on on the projects. And um, a lot of times when you look at you see in black and Hispanics, you know, sometimes the black and Hispanics that you see on these projects, they don't even live in New Haven. Mm -mm. No, no, because there's no they policy. They don't live in New Haven. There's no rules to say so, that you get a, a state, a city contract that you have to hire but these, people within city limits. Some of these projects limits. ain't even city. They, they're private, private developers. But I'm going to tell you right now, I happen to be riding um, um, on Dixwell Avenue, and I noticed, I noticed that um, they started to move the project over there, uh, Dow Brooks. And 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 I want to I want to I want to tell them thank you because one thing I did see I did see the um the guys from Emerge out there working mm. with the site guy, actually on site, helping get the site ready, um, to be developed. Nice. So when you look at a project like that, um, right out the gate, you see um, collaboration. Yeah, you see dollars that that that's going to the community, that's going back. Um, that right there is a good sign. You know, you you got some um contractors, some developers that. That you know, are they really concerned about um, putting um, black and Hispanics on a job? And and I'm not gonna stick stick too many people out on this show right now, but I will guarantee you that within the next 30 days, um, mm. your time is coming. Like this this city need to really know um, who are the contractors in this city that are willing to hire um, New Haven based contractors, New Haven residents, um, because the truth is this, the future of the residents 
and the contractors of the city of New Haven um, going to be rough unless some of the people that got these jobs change how they move. Um, and, and these young kids ain't got no future. They got no future, and, and that's what we, we do need to, uh, because it's all economics. It's all, it, it, and at the end of the day, it is money. But if you don't provide opportunities, then there is going to be no change. You know, and that's, I think, the biggest thing, like, pro give people opportunities and have our, our youth prepared to take advantage of those opportunities, training programs, getting them up to snuff, certifications, so that these opportunities can be taken advantage of. And if there's more opportunities where uh, you don't need a certification, you don't need, you know, you just need a good working hand, and those, those opportunities need to be handed out because that person gets money, that money goes back into the community. They're paying rent. They're paying, you know, they're buying a property in New Haven or they, they're, you know, they're sustaining their mortgage or helping out their parents. That job locally puts money right back into our communities versus yeah. taking it out and, and moving you know, it somewhere else. You brought up a good point. Um, you said um, we talk about solutions um, because we have a, a major problem with crime, gun violence um, with our youth in our city. But we also got a major problem with the lack of jobs for them. Yeah, lack of opportunity. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and, and, and I'm not saying that, oh, you know, that it's right that, that, that they're um, out here doing what they're doing. Um, no. But, but I'm also saying it's not right that, that there are dollars that are available that could be used to train and teach um these youth in our city um, to be doing some of the work that's being done because when you ride around and you see um, a lot of um, you see a lot of young white kids mm -hmm. and you see older white men mm -hmm. white women on these construction jobs that don't live in this city that go home and are capable of paying their mortgages um, sending their kids to school um, to college um, we need to understand that these jobs are good-paying jobs. Um, why we can't identify some kids, get them out the street, train them, put them on these jobs, and they could be like a beacon. Mm -hmm. Because what happens is, and you only need one kids, example. Yeah, you need other one kids example. See them, and they're mm -hmm. like, "Wait a minute, such and such." You know what I mean? He made it. He made it. You know what I mean? Look at him. He got a car. He got his own place, and now. that's and that's what people see. Buy a house. They see, they see that. So when you talking, and you talking, and and you're able to tell somebody the path they could take to get where they get, you can say what you want to say about me. I know how to get from where I was at to where I met, and I could tell you exactly how. And 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 construction um has always done it for me. Can can I can I, can we talk about something about not being afraid of working hard or hard work? Uh, and and. and and in, in the actuality, that's something that be, be, may be perceived as hard work really isn't. Uh, can, you, can you attest to that? Well, here's what I'm going what, what I'm, I'm to say. Um, your work ethic is, is very important. Um, you cannot um, work when you want to work. Um, when somebody is offering you employment, um, it's hard for me looking to hire somebody and they tell me when they're when they can work. Um, just me growing up, I never 
was able to do that. It's like, mm-hmm. if you want to work, show up. Mm-hmm. And show up when I need you. What people need to understand about a construction job is that um, the definition of construction is, is, is helping. It's, uh, it's usually about building something. Mm-hmm. And when you're building something, you're constructing something, there's a lot of parts that, that's part of that project. But as that project is built, you get paid. So people who just want to come to work to work a couple of hours, I'm saying to myself, are you coming to work to make a couple of dollars or are you coming to work to help me get something done so I can get paid? Because mm-hmm. I get paid because it's getting done. If it's not done, I'm not getting paid. So if you come and work the hours you work, but your hours ain't helping me get it done, what is the purpose of me hiring you? Mm. So I just think that the, the mindset, the thinking, mm-hmm. needs to change. It should not be you telling me, well, I could work a couple of days a week. Like, no, because your project is timely, and you need, and you sometimes you got to go seven, eight days a week to make sure it's done by right. that deadline. Right, and as weekends included, yeah. as weekends, because right now a lot of these kids they don't want to work weekends, they don't want to work nights. You know, I can't do that. Yeah, and I, I need my. But the, their future, um, with with rents being what they are, um, <laughs> cost of living. Cost of living, gas, everything. You know, you, you, you got you, you got to figure out to make um some some serious money. And you're right. Like being a boss, um, you make good money being a boss. But in order to be a boss, I told this young man the other day, and I had to pull him over. No, I he pulled next to me, and I said to them that um, you you looking a lot better than the last time I saw you. What's going on? And he told me, and I looked at him. I said, you know, you're not gonna be able to work for somebody, especially to look like me. Because when he, when he worked with me, it was always a debate, always a conflict. And um, I told him, but that's okay. I said, but you, what you need to at least learn is you need to learn what I know. Mm-hmm. Then you could be a boss. So how about just humbling yourself mm. just to learn what you need to learn mm. to be a boss? Because you're not going to be able to work for nobody because you just, you know, it's like oil and water. Mm. But you might be a good boss but you won't be able to work for nobody. And I think that um, some black men mm-hmm. get confused in what's, what being in the street and being business. Being business is totally different than, than the street. So when somebody talking to a black person on a job and you feel like, oh, they're talking to you a certain way, it's not, it's not street. It's, it's a job. It's somebody, a boss, trying to get you to get done what they need to get done. And I think a lot of times when you look at where people are in life, they're there because they, they got their self there. You know, years ago I worked for somebody, and I'm going to be honest with you, they called me a dumb N. Mm. Right, be, before we get into this, I just want to remind everyone right now, before we get into this part of the story, we're listening to 103.5 FM WNHH. This is Keeping 100 with Jose Candelario. We're talking to Rodney Williams, and we're sharing a, uh, sharing a little bit of what it takes to become a leader, and he's sharing a little bit about his background. And uh, so you said someone called you a dumb N on the work site. Yeah, it was, it was, it was my boss. Um, and to be honest with you, um, I wouldn't say that, that he was a racist. Um, he actually helped me... Um, Get my first car back when I brought my Maxima. He owed me co-sign for that. When I first got married, got my first apartment. Um, my daughter, my second daughter, was actually named after his wife. Mm. Um, but what I learned was 
that sometimes you got to take some things um, to take care of your family. And I had mm-hmm. kids, and that bothered me. But what I said was, I learned what I learned. And he said to me, he said, you know, I'm going to teach you what I know, then you're going to leave me. And I said, no, I'm just going to learn enough, then I'm going to leave you. Mm-hmm. And me and him always had a good relationship. He taught me a lot. But I had to go through that, to go through. Tyler Perry said, you got to go through what you got to go through to get what you got to get. Mm-hmm. And, and most people who are successful that make it to another level, um, they all got a story, what they went through. Nobody don't know unless they tell it. Um, but the truth is you got to be willing to go through. And... Um, People look at you and then now they're seeing you for the first time thinking it's an overnight success, but it's 20 years in the making. Even, even, um, for community stuff, like there's a lot of behind the scene, a lot of, a lot of, you know, meetings. You're involved in a lot of decision making in the city, even as a businessman. You might not hold these political positions. You might not be ahead of these action networks and programs and director, but you have provided solutions on so many levels in this community without well, a thank you, without a thank you. So I want to say thank you to you personally because you've been I'm a gonna, great influence in my life. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you there's a lot of people who are holding political position um, that make a lot of decisions. Um, but there are a lot of people in this city that don't hold no position, um, that people respect enough to bounce ideas about back and forth with them um, because of the fact that they're good solutions to problems. And um, that's what I do. You do that? I do that. And, 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 and I don't, and, and, no, let me say, I don't I, get credit for a lot that I do because a lot is behind the scenes. Um, but yeah, yeah, I would I like that. to share that. You do that. And even for a person like me who are, we're different industries. I'm, in, you know, I'm into the entertainment world. But you still provide great counsel and wisdom. Even you, you know how to transfer those skills. You know how to apply it to, to like everything, and you bring answers and you bring solutions. And let me tell you, I wouldn't have been as successful as I am in the past six, seven months without some of your counsel. Because you give you give great advice, you give great advice you know, and answers. Jose, what I'm gonna tell you is this: There's a lot of people in this city that um, don't know too much about me. They just think I talk a lot. Um, but there's some people in this city that um, had had problems. They got a chance to talk to me and realize that um, I know how to solve problems. Um, Wendell Harp taught me years ago, um, and I thank him for the time that he spent um, and put in me. He taught me that I used to always want to talk to him, and he used to be like, I'm busy, I'm busy. And one day I was like, that big guy, you ain't got no time to, you know, to talk to me. And he pulled me to the side. He said, Rock, there's a lot of things that go on in the, in the course of a day. Mm-hmm. He said to me, solve the problem, come back, tell me what the problem is, and tell me the solution. So what he taught my brain was to solve problems. And I tell people that a lot of problems I solve, they don't even be my problems. I could be with you, you talk, and my brain listen. And as, as long as it sounds good, it'll go through my ear, my ear. If it don't sound good, my brain grab it, chop it up, because it's, it was trained to solve problems. And um, I want to thank um, the late Wendell Hart for that. And um, 
just to have that mindset. Yeah. That mindset is so important because we live in a in part of society where people are always complaining. They're always complaining. And the easiest thing to do is complain, saying that people aren't doing their jobs, they aren't doing making the right decisions. But there's another that when you're called upon, that you actually give attention. You do you give undivided attention and wise counsel to anyone that anyone that brings you a true problem or something that that's tangible within their reach too because it's not like you know i would be a superstar you don't you're not involved with that but i need right. to get to this next level i need to yeah. make this next move how do i go about it and and you you're right there it's it's sad that there are a lot of people in this community that um are in position um to do more um to help problem solve more But they're not. Mm -hmm. They feel like they're safe. And um, they feel like they made it. And I just honestly feel like um, if God helped you get what you got, um, you don't necessarily got to pull nobody up. No. Throw the ladder back. Yep, there you go. That's it. You throw the rope. The you throw the throw rope. rope. You, you throw the, the rope. You don't even got to put your hand out. Yeah, they, 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 they'll climb themselves let up. Them pull themselves up. Yep. The truth is, you can't pull yourself up unless there's something to pull. You can't climb something. There need to be something to climb. And a lot of times, um, the people who make it to a certain level, um, they take that with them and keep it and hold it. Yep. Like it's a trophy. So that's it. Yep. No, it's not yep. a trophy. What it is, it's. Once you get what you get, you throw it back and let somebody else. And, and just think about that. There's levels. If people climb and throw back and keep doing that, like, we always going to be able to get higher. Mm -hmm. The truth is you get to a certain point, you're saying why you can't get no higher because the people on a higher level than you, they doing what you're doing. What you're doing. Yeah. And, 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 it turns we, keep, we, keep, we keep ourselves back. Because yeah, people get to a position, it's, it's about self-perseverance, right? They, they, they're like, oh, this is mine. I'm not going to, you know, I can't let you take my position. I can't teach you to take me out. So they don't, they don't educate the next person or, or at least give them the tools. You know, like you say, just throw a rope back. Yeah. You, don't have to, you don't have to teach them everything you do. And it's funny that you, you do. said that because that's where we have with the politics. Yeah. That the youth that need to come up. The older people, not throwing the rope back, put them to come up. Yeah, because they, they they got that position of power. They're in that position. They can they can educate and help, but feeling threatened or whatever. Listen, there's no there's no need. I don't understand how a politician should feel like he should die in office. Mm-hmm. True. True. That sounds crazy. True, and in New Haven politics is like that. I mean, look how look how long the Stefano was in power. Look how long you know some of these the aldermen been in power, and you know they don't take the time. You know they they they're selective in who they pick and choose to help versus educate everybody at this. You know, get anyone that wants to be interested in politics and let them help help them get a leg up. Listen, the youth is about their future. Um, if if anything. If, if I could tell you just to listen to one thing that I say and nothing else I say, um, I say to you, go vote. Go vote. One time. Get out. If all if all in New Haven, uh, people 30 and under, let's say 18 to, you know, right, right legal age, 18, 18 to 30, that, that's a huge voting pool. 
I mean, that elects an alderman. That can, that's the difference in the next mayoral campaign. That's everything. It's, it's that's a every, huge difference. Every position, that's alderman, co-chair, mayor, mm-hmm. state rep, mm-hmm. senator. And, and, and they, they understand that when we elect a mayor, when you elect someone of that position, that person provides a lot of jobs. That person has a power to anoint a chief of staff. These are all positions that are turned over during that, you know, that, so that time. Here's what happens. It's a certain amount of jobs that are actually um, um, created and, and um, available. Um, to me, it's not just about jobs. It's about um, creating a future. Mm. I mean, like mm-hmm. programs and, like, there's a lot of other avenues that they control um, that the youth don't have a voice. And by voting, um, they would have that voice, and a lot of the programs that they need, they could get. So there are jobs that they, 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 they might not be able to get, but the future investment mm-hmm. that they need for them to become who they become will be based on them getting the vote out. We, we are running out of time here. <laughs> We've been talking uh, solutions, and I appreciate that, uh, one of the – you know, one of the few people who I talk to uh, daily almost right now that is always thinking about the future, always thinking about the youth. Uh, you take it, you, you've taken this uh, struggle, this uh, challenge, you put it on your back, you're carrying the load. I appreciate you, Rodney Williams. You've been listening to Keeping It 100 with Jose Candelario here at 103.5 FM, New Haven Independent. Parting shot, I mean, you already said that you challenge everyone to go out and vote. Any last thoughts before we, we part? Um, my, my last thing is I'm gonna go back to the um the violence in the city of New Haven. Mm-hmm. Um, I suggest that um people reach out to the governor, reach out and ask um him to help us. Um, the only way um we can get help is um the consequences of you carrying a gun. Um, let's step that bar up. And I think um. That right there is a solution to gun violence right now, um, because if you put the bond up or make no bond, mm-hmm. um, that person have to have a seat for a minute. Mm-hmm. And um, and think about it. Yeah, think about it because you know when the bond's up, yeah, there's less people showing up to to pull you out too because there ain't nobody got it normally to help you get out that situation. Yeah, and and the governor could donate. The governor also. You know, identify, you know, we got major cities, and we all got the same problem. Mm-hmm. Why don't we, you know, identify um, some resources, task force put together. Like, they, 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 they have task force here. Um, but like I, I tell the chief, if you had a bigger net, you catch more fish. So although they catching fish with the net they got, if they had more resources to get a bigger net, we would get more fish. And the fish I'm talking about is the, the, the kids that's out here doing the crime, doing the killing. Um, we need to get them off the street. And, and for those parents that, that feel like they got a problem with me saying, I'm saying, um, hey, um, I'm, my, my, I'm speaking for the parents that, that lost kids, and, and I'm speaking for the parents that until they stop, they still getting shot right now. There you go. And that demographic is changing. Uh, there, there's, uh, from what I heard, that there's now females, more females getting involved. Yeah. 
And it, I don't know. What was the answer? We have solutions. I mean, this is one step yeah. forward. I think you put one solutions a couple. Is, you know I mean? Bigger net, bigger net, more resources for the police department, uh, higher bonds. I mean, those those are great, great suggestions. And you could. And that can happen today. Yeah. Those are changes we can make today. Yeah. The governor could, you know, Overnight. look at this. Um, because I hate to make it black and white, um, but I would like to ask this. If white kids was getting shot uh, like well, this in these cities. It went, change what, would change with Because, fast. listen, fast. When, when, when we was on dope, we was doing the dope lean. It was funny. When white kids got on dope, it's an epidemic. So mm -hmm. it seemed like it's not an epidemic until it impacts their community. Yep. Like right now, monkeypox. You know what I mean? You see, it's 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 getting attention. It's getting, but it's also a lot of people getting it don't look like us. Mm. Um, but it's 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 getting attention. Mm -hmm. And until it impacts white people, sometimes um, we don't get the attention. But what I would say to you is this: to this community, um, to whoever listening. Um, we need white people, honestly, to help save our community um, and help save our kids. Um, because when they're involved and their opinion is heard. Changes fast. Yeah. Changes much quicker. Thank you, Rodney, for your time. Thank you very much for all the information. You've been listening to Keeping It 100 with Jose Candelario on the NewHavenIndependent.org, 103.5 FM. WNHH, I want to thank uh, La Voz Hispana for letting me be on loan as a talent to the New Haven Independent. Also to Mr. Harry Draws, who is the machine, the power, the brain behind the system here. I appreciate all your help and Mr. Paul Bass for the opportunity. And again, Mr. Rodney Williams, rock, as he is known in our community. Thank you very much for your time. I know you got to get back to work, and it's been a while. Listen, I'll always find time um, to help the community. And, and you do that. Thank you very much. With that said, until next time, I'm Jose. Have a great day.